You're listening to the Together in Literacy podcast, a podcast for educators, families, and advocates that connects the research of reading, dyslexia awareness, and the whole child. We're your hosts, Casey Harrison and Emily Gibbons. As two literacy dyslexia specialists, we've come together to talk about literacy, dyslexia, and the connection to the social emotional impact that it has on our students, their families, and the educators who serve them. We welcome you to join us on this exciting and educational journey into dyslexia as we come together in literacy. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and visit us at www.togetherinliteracy.com. Thank you for joining us today. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. We are here with episode four, talking about books that connect social emotional learning and dyslexia. And I'm here with Casey. Hi, Casey. Hello. We are so grateful for all of you and all of your support. And so we just love to take time to show our appreciation at the beginning of every episode with some feedback that we've received and just love to read that and send that person a virtual high five for that feedback. So in a, a few weeks ago, we had received some feedback from cute name. That's a lovely nickname. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they had said, I have followed these ladies on Facebook and IG for a while and really appreciate the content they have. As a mom to a dyslexic son, I love finding resources based on the science of reading, and they bring so much enthusiasm, encouragement, and support for dyslexic students and their families. Thank you. And you know, I just have to say, I've always tried to, and I think Casey has as well, we really strive to try and bridge families and educators when we're spreading our knowledge and advice with all of you really feel like that relationship is so important. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So thank you so much for that feedback. And we welcome you, please. If you are, if this podcast is making a positive impact on your life, we want to hear from you. Uh, please give us a positive rating and we would love your feedback. And you never know, you might hear your feedback being shared on a future podcast. So thank you for that. And uh, we are ready. We are ready to kick off in just a minute here. Casey, what do you think? We ready to get started? We are. Yeah. I'm really excited about this episode because today Emily and I are going to talk to you all about books that you can use to help connect social emotional learning with your students, um, both with students with dyslexia and then your class as a whole. So I think this is a really fun episode and uh, we're going to get right to it. And we just want to apologize in advance, Casey, that um, this episode may have a, a, a negative impact on your wallet, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? The public library is also a wonderful resource. So make sure you try and check there too. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So one of the tried and true favorites in the dyslexic community for teachers is reading the story. Thank you, Mr. Falker. But I wanted to kind of just kick off our episode today reading 
just a little bit from that first page because it speaks so much about our, our mission. So mm-hmm. here's, here it is from thank you, Mr. Fulker. So it says she dipped her finger into the honey and put it into her mouth. What's that taste? The grandma asked the little girl answered sweet. Then all of the family said in a single voice, yes. And so is knowledge, but knowledge is like the bee that made the honey, the sweet honey. You have to chase it through the pages of a book. And I just think that is such a lovely way to kick off our talking about books and using books to bridge conversations about our learning and about dyslexia and learning differences. So yes. we're here to kick that off. And I just love that Patricia as a young child had uh, an incredible support system mm-hmm. from her extended family when it came to the love of books and um, what a gift that was to her. So, and yes, we do love that book. And there are so many books out there. This was kind of hard for us because we, we know of a lot of wonderful, wonderful books for all ages, Mm -hmm. Uh, but we're going to just try and reel it in and focus on just a couple, but we will share some links to some others And we have uh, something special to share later. So make sure you're listening very intently. So we're going to get right in. So after Mr. Walker, talk about a newer book, if you're listening, that has recently come out from the series that I just love, the Questionnaire series by Andrea Beatty, illustrated by David Roberts. And that is Aaron Slater, illustrator. And what is so wonderful about this? Oh my goodness gracious. Well, the main character, Aaron, we find is a dyslexic character. Mm -hmm. And we know that our children in classrooms need to be able to see themselves in these books, right? They need to be a mirror uh, or a window. Now, you may notice that it's very similar to... Uh, some of the other questionnaire books has a nice rhyming flow to it. You see a lot of the familiar characters in there and mm-hmm. say teacher, Miss Greer. And there's a part here where Aaron really ha- struggles with the fact that, yes, he hasn't learned how to read yet, but there is this part I just want to read to you when the assignment was to write a story, to write about something you know there. And Aaron takes the time to express himself through his artwork and his artistic talents and says, as a new hope inside starts to make his heart sing, he knows he can do the greatest of things in a way that it's known in a way that's just his. He can stand out and show the whole world who he is. And that really speaks to what we're striving with our children to recognize that they have individual talents, that Mm -hmm. they can stand out, that they can show the world the talents that they possess. And some kids may not know what those are right away, especially those who struggle with reading, but it's up to us to help nurture and help them find that. And I think his teacher did a wonderful job of recognizing that and honoring it. So definitely want to check that book out. And I've spoken to a few teachers who uh, they've read it. It's definitely a little bit of a tearjerker, but certainly something inspirational. And I think your students are going to love it. So that is our first book. The next one we're going to go into is one of the most, I think, beloved series. So this is recommendation number two. 
uh, and that is the Hank Zipser series by Henry Winkler. And I'm going to specifically talk about the earlier series within the series called Here's Hank, book number 12. And before I get into that, Henry Winkler is just an incredible gift to the dyslexia community. If you've ever had a chance to hear him speak about his own experience with dyslexia, I strongly encourage you to go and see him, or you can just look him up on YouTube. There are many interviews or author visits that have been recorded that you can listen to, and you, both you and your students are going to feel completely uplifted by his words of encouragement. He really, really struggled as a child and was greatly misunderstood, not only in school, but by his parents. And I think that he sees himself as Hank in this character who is a very lovable character, Hank Sipser. He definitely has some mishaps and mistakes made, but in a really funny way that kids just love. If you know Hank Sipser, you know just what I mean by that. And I just, I had watched an interview that Henry Winkler did with uh, Jimmy Fallon and brought tears to my eyes. But this last part of Everybody is Somebody, that's book number 12, and here's Hank. Hank's a second grader at the time. It's at the very end. And his mom is tucking him in bed at night. And mom is talking to him about how everything you do, you do in your own way. Mm -hmm. And Hank ends, the story ends with Hank saying, someday you're going to be somebody. And I feel a deep connection to Aaron Slater in that way, because once again, just talking to children about the recognition of their strengths and showing the value in them and giving them opportunities to share that or showcase that um, with others. And it reminds me also of this quote that some children are like fireflies, mm-hmm. are fireflies. Many of them are children with dyslexia. They may glow from inside. You might see a lot of the struggles on the outside, but they really possess some wonderful abilities on the inside that are just waiting to come out and glow. So that book, Everybody is Somebody, is just one of the many wonderful books in the Hate Zipser series. And I hope you'll check that one out too. I think your students are really going to identify with that character and just have a lot of good laughs. <laughs> All right, Casey. Yes. I take love, it away. <laughs> yeah. And I love the Hank Zipser series because they are fun. They're enjoyable. And, and truly, if you can get an opportunity to listen to Henry Winkler, <laughs> but he is so inspiring and just fun and engaging. And yeah, he's fabulous. And I just love that, you know, he is talking about dyslexia and his journey. And I think that we're in this new place in our, in our world that where people who are adults are coming out and sharing their journey. And I think that's so powerful for children and families to know that they're not alone. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yes. Okay. All right. What's next? Number three. So number three, I have picked out um, Magnificent Meg, which is a read aloud book to encourage children with dyslexia. It's written by Andrea Harris. And I love this story because she wrote it for her daughter and she really talks about 
having conversations about dyslexia with your children. And it really, it adds in some strategies that are great on how the child's feeling, but then also like what, what you can do. And so she shares some really great strategies in there. And I love at the back that she includes a whole page of conversation starters. So questions that you can have with your child or with your students that are really talking more about identifying your strengths, right? Like what are your favorite subjects? What are your talents? You know, what are your best character qualities? Things that are kind of talking about those firefly things that you were talking about, Emily, where it's maybe not those things that are highlighted or showcased in the academic component of our day, but in the character building and that social emotional learning pieces. So I think that's a lovely addition that is included in this book. The other thing that this book has is a whole section on notes to parents. So talking to parents about, you know, the anxiety that children may feel, um, how to reduce their stress, some things that you can do to help your child start to see themselves in a little bit of a different light. So Magnificent Meg is a, is a really lovely read. My students have all enjoyed that as well. I think the back matter that the author has included on that is just makes it unique. Yeah. You don't have those extra tips and strategies in the end very much the way she has outlined them. And I think that author did a really, really great job. Yeah. So yes. Excellent. Excellent suggestion. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another one that I really like is called after the fall. This is a really lovely spin on Humpty Dumpty and really, you know, we all know the story about Humpty Dumpty. He's famous for falling off the wall, but it talks about how that's only half the story. And because he did decide to get back up and when he did something amazing happens. And so it's really an inspiring story that talks about how we can overcome our biggest fears and we can learn to get back up and we can even achieve new heights. And so this is one I read to my students. And then we kind of talk about, I use this as like a springboard to a a mini lesson that I do with my students, where we talk about what are those areas that we are within ourselves that we recognize as glowing, those areas that we feel really good about. And then those areas that we're continuing to grow and those, maybe some of those obstacles And I think that this is just a really lovely way to kind of springboard those kinds of conversations in your lessons in a way that's kind of fun. And I even read this with my older students. Um, They kind of get a kick about the twist on the traditional nursery rhyme. I think that's, and if you do anything in your classrooms on fractured fairy tales, this is an excellent suggestion. So I know like upper elementary, lots of classrooms like to use those. This is a great example. My own children loved it. Casey was the one that turned me on to that book and I, I loved it. It was great. I got it right away. Okay. So after the fall was book number four. I know that Nessie has dyslexia explained and that's a great one as well. I have seen it on their website. It does a really lovely job of kind of talking about dyslexia in a way that's really kid friendly. So this is another one. It talks about the positives, but it also talks about the areas that may be a challenge. Um, and then also talks about some things that help. So I've used this as I'm kind of talking to my students about dyslexia and we go through and we'll read it and then we'll say, you know, are these things that, that are that you identify with as being positives? And sometimes they are, and sometimes they aren't, and that's okay. I want, I also want my students to understand that 
we're not all the same. So not all dyslexics have the same strengths. Not all dyslexics have the same struggles, right? We're all unique individuals, but we can identify with some of these things. And so then we have conversations about those or conversations about what works and what doesn't work that are included in that book. So, right. And you know, look, that that's an excellent example. And so these picture books that we have been talking about are great for your classroom meetings, for character education, for talking about maybe you're featuring a character trait like empathy, or you're taking the time to talk about learning differences with your students uh, in an open discussion. These picture books are a great springboard to have that conversation. So I know I always said this, never underestimate the power of the picture book really can just open up some valuable conversations. And I'm sure the families that are listening today are going to want to check these out as well. And I also think picture books, I know sometimes we might shy away from them when we work with older students, but mm. I find that picture books are really powerful for all ages. Um, yeah. I even used to start professional development with teachers reading a picture book because it's just, they're engaging and they're, they're beautiful and they're powerful. And, and really the words and vocabulary message in picture books are, are often quite high level. So I think they are appropriate to use with even our older students. Casey, imagine if everybody started with a picture book for professional development instead of some of those icebreakers that make people feel kind of uncomfortable. That's <laughs> always a big hit when I would when I would start my sessions that way. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Okay, so now we have some books we're going to go into for your older students yeah. and for adults as well. So one of them that I had learned about was this particular author as a teenager at the time when he published it. And he spoke at the International Dyslexia Association's conference several years back, Aiden Colvin. And Aiden was on a mission to create a book where he had compiled a collection of 100 letters to people asking them to provide advice about their experience with dyslexia. Now, this was quite a mission he sent out some questions and was looking for some people to reply back. And he wrote to so many different people. He wrote to Princess Beat or is it Duchess Beatrice? I don't remember what her yeah. official title is, but that's one of them. And then one of the people that he had written to, uh, he had chosen some dyslexic entrepreneurs and, mm -hmm. and different people like that. But one of them was Ben Foss. And if you're in the dyslexia community, you know what an amazing inspiration Ben Foss is. And one of the questions that Aiden asked was, do you have a story from your life that might help me or others stay hopeful and keep trying when you had a challenging setback because of dyslexia? And I love that Aiden doesn't shy away from asking that question because you know what, this is not just about like successful entrepreneurship out there and how everybody can it can, can be this. There are struggles and setbacks. And Ben said, my approach is always to focus on strengths, figure out what you are good at and focus on them, not your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And he mentions about a Ted talk he had done about letting go of shame and playing to your strengths. And boy, oh boy, if you read this book, even as an adult, shame-based feelings really can be can have such a negative impact on all of your decision-making. Yeah. And I just strongly encourage you to pick this book up. I don't even know if I mentioned the title. Ah, Aiden Colvin, excuse me, wrote the book called Looking for Heroes. One boy, 
one year, 100 letters. Um, so this is not only going to be an encouragement to your high schoolers, yeah. but also to adults. He wrote to so many people, different surgeons, artists, Jay Leno, and they all share their own experiences and challenges. And uh, bravo to Aiden for taking that on. What an amazing accomplishment. And I love how he kind of kicked off that whole idea of asking people about their journey. Like, I, I just think that's an amazing task that he, that he took on and he got it published and it's just wonderful. So, yeah. And you know, everybody has a journey to share in some way. And Aiden just, I think really honored the dyslexia community in a beautiful way in this book. So uh, pick that up and thank you to Aiden for that. Okay. That was book number six. Well, I, I think apologize. I might have thrown in a few. Yeah, I threw in a few extra. Sorry, Emily. All right. We're, we're trying. We're trying. Okay. So <laughs> I'm going to really throw you in because I have two other ones I'm going to share. Oh, so. good. We love that. I knew we could just talk about this all day. With no. Me. And as Emily said, I mean, her and I both have probably, you know, I know I have upwards of 90 books that I share about, mm. you know, this, and I'm sure Emily does too. So, <laughs> you know, we could talk all day about books. So it was hard for us to choose some, but you know, just a specific group, but we really thought that these were the ones that kind of connected to that social emotional piece that we feel is so important. So mm -hmm. another book that Emily and I both really like is called creative, successful dyslexic 23 high achievers share their stories. And it really kind of goes along with what Aiden did in terms of, you know, people sharing their journeys, but this is really where we're using dyslexia to your advantage to see the world differently. And it's really, it's compiled of well-known people with dyslexia from all different areas, you know, art, sports, businesses that really talk about their advice and empowering others with dyslexia on this journey. So I think, you know, they're, again, they're describing their difficulties that are faced in childhood, the, the strengths that were required to overcome them, and then revealing how dyslexia enabled them to see things differently, to develop resourcefulness, and then to use the, that creativity piece. Yeah. You know what? And I'm sure if there are any families out there listening that have high schoolers, that high schoolers tend to not want to listen to their parents' advice very much can't understand why, <laughs> but sometimes that is it. Uh, I'm saying that nicely and politely, but if you find a book like creative, successful dyslexic or looking for heroes, this is a chance to get through to them. I think in a positive way. Yeah. I think it opens the door for yeah. some conversations. You know, you guys, you can read about one person and, and have a, have a conversation about, you know, what, what that means to you or what you see or what connections you can make to your own journey. Um, and I think that's really powerful. It also helps us realize that we're not alone. And I think that that's something that's really important because it can feel very isolating. Um, you can feel like you're on an Island that you're under not being understood and to see that there are other people out there who do understand, you know, what you're, what you're going through. Um, and that share their own insights, I think is really powerful for not just our children, but our families and other educators as well. And you know, if you're a classroom teacher teaching about, you know, books that are connected to, uh, with characters that exhibit perseverance, mm -hmm. you may want to choose one little chapter or one little section to share as a real life connection. And here is someone who persevered that had setbacks, but kept going forward, kept fighting, 
to, to reach some success, but talking about how it wasn't a straight path. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important too, you know, as teachers, when we're like, if we bring awareness to ourselves about other, there's many, many authors who are dyslexic, like Agatha Christie. And whenever my high schoolers bring in their, you know, their work, I'm always like, you know, she's dyslexic. They're like, what are you talking about? No way. And I'm like, yeah, like, think about that. Think about the, the complex storylines that she has and, and these character developments. And I mean, it's just amazing. And so I think it's important for, for kids to, to understand that, but also for teachers, you know, if they just have those little tidbits and they can just mention it, you know, it's Mm -hmm. pretty cool. And it, it can start to chip away at some of the stigma that is still out there. Absolutely. Okay. And I couldn't leave Emily oh, yeah. without mentioning Percy Jackson. Yes. <laughs> Percy Jackson. Um, some of my, some of my students, you know, they wear their camp half blood t-shirts, you know, it, it oh, is wow. definitely a series that I think connects so much of the journey and, and the empowerment piece for our students and in, in a really fun way that, that is, you know, higher level. Cause it's talking about Greek mythology and modern day. And so, but Rick Riordan, who, who is the author, you know, he wrote this because his child has dyslexia and ADHD and he talks about that. And so I was just going to read a quote from him about dyslexia. So he says that dyslexic kids are creative out of the box thinkers. They have to be because they don't see or solve problems the same way other kids do. In school, unfortunately, they are sometimes written off as lazy, unmotivated, rude, or even stupid. They aren't. Making Percy dyslexic was my way of honoring the potential of all the kids that I've known who have those conditions. It's not a bad thing to be different. Sometimes it's the mark of being very, very talented. Oh, wow. And he has turned that around with just looking at, once again, what we we keep talking about talent. Yeah. I love it. And Percy Jackson, I think is one that our kids really can identify with and feel that uniqueness and hone in on some of their own talents. So that's always a great one to read. I know. I mean, from Hank to Percy to Magnificent Meg to Patricia, we have just filled your book list, wish your wish list there (laughs) with books that you are going to want to pick up. Okay. So, um, We hope that this episode has really just showed how you can talk about dyslexia, but also showcase social emotional learning with that, depending on whatever you're teaching, whether it's classroom meeting or even for uh, um, a writing extension to talk about things like perseverance or um, overcoming challenges, things like that. So Casey and I thought it would be kind of fun to reward our listeners. And so what we've done is for the books that we mentioned today, we have decided we will put them together as a special gift and give this collection of books to one lucky winner. Yay! I know, that is quite the haul. <laughs> oh my goodness. Can you imagine all these books being delivered to you? Wow, what a treat. So how do you enter for a chance to win? So what we're going to say is that if you go on to www.togetherinliteracy.com and you go to the show notes or even the blog post that comes up for episode four, make sure you want to check for episode four, then there's going to be a link to a Google form. You want to click on that Google form and it's going to ask you just for name, email, and then 
pick a number between, you know, one and whatever. We're going to put that in there for you. Um, we're not using your email for any other purpose other than to contact you if you happen to be the winner. That's all. That's the only reason we need that is to be able to reach out to you, to find your shipping address, to send you the books. So this is a, an amazing opportunity. We hope that you take advantage of it. And Casey, do you remember how we're going to let the, yeah, how we're going to announce the winner? <laughs> so we are, we will announce the winner, um, at the start of episode five. <gasps> so that means that you have to tune in and listen to episode five. Okay. And that will be coming up episode five, I think sometime um, beginning of December of 2021. Yeah. So if you're curious as to when we're doing this, that is when the giveaway will be. And it's our way of just saying thank you so much for being a listener, for supporting us as we have started off in this podcast journey with all of you. And um, we thank you. So we hope that these books are um, a treasure to you and your students and good luck to all of you as well. Yeah. Casey, do you want to talk about what we'll be mentioning in episode five? Yeah. So episode five, Emily and I are really excited to talk to you guys about how Dr. Samuel Orton and Anna Gillingham's work and legacy supports social emotional learning. And if you um, are not familiar with Dr. Orton and Anna Gilliam, that is, those are the founders. When you see OG, those are your people. So we're really excited to kind of dive into their work and their contribution to um, the social emotional learning piece that goes along with students with dyslexia. Yes. So that is going to be that, that will be episode five. We're going to break that down into two episodes because there's just so much to talk about. So we are really excited for that. So don't forget, if you want to know about the winner for the book giveaway, for the books we've mentioned today, the winner will be announced on episode five. So please make sure you check the website once again, togetherinliteracy.com. And we will see you next time. Bye. Okay. So part of the podcast is also to share a listener question. And we have a, an email address if you ever would like to write to Casey and I and have your question featured on a future episode. Uh, that is support at togetherinliteracy.com if you'd like to reach out to us. Uh, we do not share names of the people that write to us and try to maintain that anonymity. But here is today's listener question. What do you tell a student that their reading difficulty is called if they aren't diagnosed with dyslexia? Do you still use the term dyslexia or do you tell them that they have a reading challenge and their brain processes things differently? And Casey, I think that was a really nice question that was connected back to episode two. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. If you're in a school setting, you know, we don't, we don't use the term dyslexia unless they have a, a diagnosis, but we do talk about characteristics of dyslexia. And those are things that we can have conversations about. I think that one of the things for me, what I would do is just tie back 
to the brain. And we know that the process of how we learn to read is the same for everyone. Although we have different areas of our brain that we are growing if we have dyslexia. And so I think that in those conversations about what our job is when we're in reading class, right? Our job is to be looking, our job is to be listening, our job is to be speaking and thinking and doing all these things so that we're making those connections in our brain in order to unlock the reading code. So I don't know if I would use the word dyslexia necessarily in terms of if a student doesn't have a diagnosis, because my goal would just be to talk to them about what are their areas of strength and then what are their areas that they're going to be growing and why we do that, bringing it back to the brain and um, what their job is when we're, when we're meeting together. Right. And yes, Casey had pointed that out. It's so important. I mean, we're, we're sort of in two different roles here. If, we're, if you're a public school teacher, yes, that might look a little bit different than whether you're in, in private intervention. You know, in private intervention, as we both are, we mm -hmm. can have those conversations. We can also make sure that we're having conversations with families first, with parents, perhaps to discuss the benefits of sharing that once they have the diagnosis. But until then, being uh, being forthright in the way we approach it with children. We're talking about the brain. We're talking about the way we learn to read and things like that. So it's really going to depend, I think, mm -hmm. on, on the scenario that you're in. Um, but we hope for that listener that we've given you some, um, some good reflection to think about how to approach the subject because it is important. And we have emphasized how critical it is to say dyslexia, right? Wow. To call it what it is. So thank you to so much to that listener for writing to us. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Together in Literacy podcast today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a positive review and subscribe to the podcast. Each comment means a great deal to us. And if you have any questions for us that you would like answered on the Together in Literacy podcast, please contact us at support at togetherinliteracy.com. Be sure to visit the website www.togetherinliteracy.com for show notes, downloads, and goodies. Thank you for helping us spread the word about the Together in Literacy podcast. We'll see you next time.